This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm able to contract models, like real signed models uh, with credible agencies mm. to essentially get paid to show up at parties. What a life, man. That sounds like a, a fun job. Some of the things that I've seen, uh, even heard from others in the industry, you'd hear it and you'd think, there's no way this is real. <laughs> <laughs> this is fairy tale land. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely real. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests, and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting. And here's the episode. We are back on the show, Digital Social Hour. I'm with James Devin Johnson today. How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. You got good posture, man. Is that from the military? Yeah, definitely stuff <laughs> from the military. Uh, plus, I have a terrible back yeah. after a l- little too many parachuting accidents. So I, I, it's constant focus of mine. Oh, wow. So you were the guy jumping out of uh, the helicopters on parachutes? Yes, I was a force reconnaissance Marine, uh, spent nearly a decade in. Wow. Uh, so all the cool guy stuff that you see in the movies and video games. Uh, mine is actually going to war as a peacetime Marine. Um, but all the training exercises, uh, got to do all that. Wow. Fun. So you had some tough landings on some of those falls. Oh yeah. Multiple, uh, traumatic brain injuries, Damn. uh, depleted cartilage in the knees, herniated discs in the back. It doesn't look like it by my appearance. Cause yeah. I stay very healthy, uh, work out every single day, but yeah, underneath it, it is a mess down there, but I do my best to keep it. Wow. So with all that injuries, do you think it was worth it? Uh, yeah. So I, I don't believe in regrets in life whatsoever. Yeah. Um, every single experience I've had, especially the negative experiences in my life have built me to the person that I am today. Right. Uh, so all those physical injuries, the mental hardships that I've had to deal with, um, those are all worth it. Got it. And you served for 10 years, you said? Uh, nearly 10 years. Wow. So what was that like from beginning to end? Uh, well, the beginning was much more exciting. Yeah. Uh, being young, fresh, right out of high school. Uh, I actually grew up in Canada. So transitioning to the U.S. Um, to join the military was always a dream of mine. Wow. So once I got out to Camp Pendleton, California, it was like living the dream. I was very excited about it. Um, up until probably the last, I'd say, three or four years of my career, once I got a little bit more senior in the ranks and more experience, Mm -hmm. that's when the motivation started to decline. Interesting. Yeah. So explain the ranks to me because I've heard of them, but I don't know exactly how it works. Yeah, of course. Uh, So bottom rank is private, got private first class, uh, Lance Corporal, Corporal, Sergeant, and then Staff Sergeant as the final rank that uh, I achieved E6. I was the Youngest promoted staff sergeant in the entire 1st Marine Division when wow. I did get promoted. Uh, but that, that was short-lived. Um, I occurred 
my major injuries uh, back then. Uh, I got a gnarly scar on my wrist here. Um, actually saved a dude's life when I got this scar. Mm -hmm. I was a water survival instructor as a sub job yeah. assignment. And we had a guy drown during a course that I was running. Dang. Uh, so it got a little messy there. But yeah, two surgeries later, never got better. And uh, yeah, I spent probably like the last almost two years of my career in a medical status. Holy crap. That's insane, man. Sorry to hear that. Oh, don't be sorry, brother. It is all for the best. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually incredibly happy all of that happened because the military itself is an extremely toxic environment. And it really limits the individual's ability to hmm. be able to truly grow and reach your max potential. Wow. I know that might be surprising to hear, yeah. but yeah, that's the reality of life in the military these days. Very negative environment for most service members. There's obviously a lot of those who are very brainwashed to the system, who mm -hmm. have spent a long time in the military, who right. served in Iraq and Afghanistan, those senior leaders that we currently have today. Um, yeah, so they're brainwashed, but overall, from what I've seen, uh, it has more of a negative impact on the individual wow. rather than a positive. What a statement. So you you said the last four years you witnessed that. Was it like that from the first when you first joined? or I, I witnessed these negative things when I first joined as well, but I, I ignored them mm -hmm. just because I wanted to stay on track with progressing. And Shout out to the Science of Scaling podcast hosted by Mark Roberge. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each week, Mark, founding CRO at HubSpot CRO and senior lecturer at Harvard Business School, interviews some of the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling company growth. He recently had on the head of sales from OpenAI, and that was a very interesting episode on the future of AI. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to the science of scaling wherever you get your podcast today. Pressing in my career, I would just see them, sweep them to the side and right. pretend they didn't exist. Wow. So when you say toxic environment, what exactly do you mean by that? Do you think it's just berating, like they're just yelling at you and it's not productive? It's not necessarily the yelling and the traditional, I guess you could call it, hazing style environment that you might see on TV, movies, like yeah. boot camp style. Uh, but I'd say it stems more so from the senior leaders, uh, those guys who have been in for over 15 years, who went to war, saw combat. Um, like, yeah, of course, they're, they're heroes, all respect to them. But back home, their mentality never switched. Mm. And that's where you see it being detrimental to the younger generation of service members who never got to experience war and combat. Right. Like service members deploy all the time to this current day, but very, very few, at least in the last decade, have actually seen hardcore combat. Oh, really? So you didn't see any when you were there? I didn't see any action whatsoever, no. Wow, 10 years. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that, we had some wars within the last 10 years, right? Oh, there, there's 
conflict in the world constantly. Uh, yeah. I, I've had friends who have gotten in firefights. Mm -hmm. Uh, but again, it's a very small percentage, even in the special operations community, very small percentage wow. of guys in the last 10 years have actually had to shoot their weapons at people. That's interesting. Cause those guys are training nonstop. I bet. Oh yeah. No, I, I spent the majority of my career training my <laughs> off, <laughs> destroying my body, uh, not being able to see, uh, friends and family, um, only getting to stay for my first son's birth for about an hour before I had to leave. Jeez. And never got to see combat. Oh my gosh. So how many days did you get with your family a year on average? Uh, it varies. Um, deployment cycles change yeah. constantly. Okay. Um, training cycles change too. Training cycles will take you away from your family. Got it. But yeah, uh, before I got put into a medical status, um, I'd say maybe a quarter of the year I was actually wow. home home. That's nothing, man. That's crazy. Especially yeah. just having a kid. Oh yeah. I got, I got two children. Wow. For, fortunately, uh, when my second son was born, I was in that medical status. So got I, it, I got it. to be around for him, but first one, uh, at least for the first year of his life, not so much. Wow. And two kids with the same wife, same girl. Yeah. Ex-wife now. Ex-wife. <laughs> Very fortunately, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, fortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is a long, hard story, brother. Is it one of those classic stories where they cheat on you while you're uh, serving? Oh, um, that worse than that, <laughs> an utter atrocity with, wow. with that one. Uh, but it is weird. It's not uncommon in the military. I hear it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but I don't, you know what I mean? Right. Like they're away from you for so long and you know. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't necessarily that like it ended when, you know, we were like, I was home for months at that point because I was on that medical status. Right. Uh, but yeah, just certain toxicities and then, uh, you know, a whole drama show after that, but in the military, that's not uncommon. Right. I, I had a buddy who was deployed, uh, for less than a year mm -hmm. when he came home, his house was completely empty, zero furniture, zero belongings. His two daughters were gone wow. and his wife was gone, had no idea what happened. Come to find out his wife took his daughters to, I think, uh, Guatemala. Jeez. And he hasn't seen them since. That's super random. Why, no, nothing why he could do about it. Wow. That's that's a shame. Losing your two kids? Yeah, he's lost his two daughters, basically. Um, the legal system in the U.S. can't do anything about it. Because she's overseas? She's overseas. Wow. So what's your take on marriage now after going through that? Uh, my take on marriage is a little unique. I definitely believe in the heart of marriage when it comes to a spiritual aspect, mm -hmm. but signing a contract, getting a marriage license and letting the government control that aspect of your life. I don't believe in whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the risk to reward doesn't seem there. Oh, for men. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially, yeah, if you're the breadwinner, you're bringing home everything. It just doesn't seem like, I know a lot of successful men that feel the same way too. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I basically, I, I was married twice. Oh, wow. Yeah. And both times when those marriages ended, I had a complete restart. Jeez. So you had to give up half your stuff. Oh, just... more, more than half. Like, more than the half? The laws say half, but when you're in the courtroom, the judges, they're not very lenient towards <laughs> the men. Uh, so, and trying to argue, you end up spending tens of thousands of dollars in attorney's wow. fees, and it becomes pointless Yeah, if you're a guy from what I've seen. Yeah. Did you end up getting custody of the kids at least? Half custody? Uh, I did get temporary custody, but it always changes because yeah. they could always go back to court and request something new. 
Uh, so right now I only get to see my kids two hours a week. Jeez. That's yeah. nothing, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I see on your Instagram, you're with girls all the time. Is that like for show or are you actually chilling with girls like that? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> back, uh, when I knew I was leaving the military, I recognize I got to start doing something different. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always had side hustles through my time in the military, um, trying to earn money on the side. Every, every chance that I could get is a military paycheck. Even when you are promoted uh, to E6, it's just not enough. Right. Uh, so that's when I essentially had an epiphany and was like, you know, I need to make crazy money. Mm -hmm. not just have a regular six-figure job. I need to make good money. And that's when I became an entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, started with a private security company. Uh, and then I got into the private entertainment industry, which okay. is why you see all the pictures with ah. women on Instagram. Uh, it, it's an insane industry. Um, have you heard of like promoters, atmosphere models? I've heard of escorts. Are you talking about escorts? No, or? no, absolutely oh. no. <laughs> I know that's like a Vegas thing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mainly operate out of Orange County. Very respectable uh, clientele out there. It's like it. old money. Got uh, it. Yeah, I've met a billionaire who owned like a traffic cone company traffic cone yes or like a concrete <laughs> company things that are very boring you never expect yeah but the thing with all these multi-millionaires and billionaire types is generally they're not very interesting people the only thing they have going for them is their money right but they still like to have fun and of course have attention from beautiful women and they like to throw lavish parties mm. so people like myself who actually have the ability to obtain beautiful women and be around them yeah uh, i've found essentially a gap in the market wow and i'm able to contract models like real signed models uh, with credible agencies mm -hmm. to essentially get paid to show up at parties. What a life, man. That sounds like a, a fun job. Yes, it absolutely is. And the story's utterly insane. Like some of the things that I've seen, uh, even heard from others in the industry, you would hear it and you'd think, there's no way this is real. <laughs> <laughs> this is fairy tale land. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely real. Let's hear one of them. I'm, I'm curious now. Uh, okay. Um, I have an interesting one. So I also, uh, Temporarily ran a management company. Okay. Um, is a I was able to tie it into the private entertainment industry. As you know, working with women, like guys with money are also uh, looking for women on too. Yeah. I essentially found you could call him maybe a sugar daddy type. You know, he just loves to throw right. money at women. Uh, and I had a girl who's very popular on, and he was practically in love with her. Mm. And he was local in the area. He was like up in LA, we we're down in Orange County. Mm -hmm. And he was messaging on and I, you know, I had chatters. Sometimes I'd go on there and chat yeah. myself with the girls. And he's like, Hey, I really want to go to dinner with you. Like just dinner. I'll be respectful. Like don't, don't even worry about touching or anything. Like we're just going to have dinner. I want to spend time with you. Mm. $2,000. And I'm on the chat. Like, all right, cool. Text the girl like, "You want to go out to dinner? This guy's wanting to pay two grand." Yeah, and she's like, two grand just for showing up to dinner." Like, "All right, let's do it." And so we set this arrangement up for her, and then eventually her friend to show up to dinner too. So he paid them each two grand at dinner. Wow, and for the food probably. And for the food, it is a very nice upscale restaurant. There's celebrities there. Yeah, uh, I think. Um, uh, yeah, Toby McGuire was at the restaurant wow. at the same time. <laughs> it must have been like and Delilah or something.
Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? Well, click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below, and here's the episode, guys. Pardon me? Must have been like Delilah or somewhere nice. Uh, I can't remember the name. But yeah, it's very upscale. Um, and I was just sitting at the bar watching, make sure everything's kosher and safe discreetly. That's smart. And this guy, he is having the time of his life with really? these two beautiful models. Like wow. he knows that he's paying to hang out with them and nothing else is going to come about it. But just the experience alone for him was so incredible. Interesting. And then here's the greatest thing. A third girl ended up showing. Yeah. It was the friend of the second girl that was there. I guess they were like texting at the table. Okay. Like, they convinced this guy to pay for a third girl to show up. <laughs> Another two grand. Damn. Uh, and I'm just at the bar casually sipping on a drink, watching this whole thing go down. The man is having the time of his life. The girls know they're just making a bag. Uh, by the time dinner ends, they all go to the bathroom together. Mm-hmm. And all the staff at the restaurant, all the male waiters go up to the guy. They're like high-fiving, hugging him. Like, yeah, no bro, you're, you're amazing. He's like literally jumping up and down like a child, <laughs> smiling. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, little do they know, like these girls, like they, they don't care. You know, they're there because they're getting paid. Yeah. Uh, and then – he ended up offering them more money. I think it was like another 1500 bucks each to go to a nightclub mm. afterwards. So Jeez. they text me. They're like, hey, we're making more money. We're going to go to a nightclub. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll follow you guys there. You know, it's my responsibility to make sure make they're sure safe because, yeah. you know, it is very common, uh, especially in bigger cities, for guys to try to attempt to girls take advantage and i absolutely feel guilty if that ever happened under my watch right, you know? right. so i follow them to the nightclub guy is completely obliterated <laughs> from alcohol at this point still having the time of his life he's literally getting on the dance floor twerking no like, an, like a complete idiot How Ma- old is making this a dude? fool of himself is he super old gosh he has to be in his 50s wow yeah <laughs> that's like a midlife crisis very dorky looking guy um he he could have been the 40 year vert year old virgin <laughs> for all we know. Um, but then the girls are texting me like, Hey, uh, we're kind of done. He's getting annoying. Um, can you bail us out of this situation? Yeah. Fortunately for me through my private security company that I still run to this day, I had some connections with the management of that particular club, mm-hmm. uh, who ran the bouncers. So I went up to the security manager and I'm like, Hey, uh, see those three girls over there? Yeah, they're they're with me. Um, you know, they're entertaining that guy for a little bit, but they're kind of done getting annoyed. Um, would you be able to help me out just so I could sneak them out the back door? And they're like, yeah, we got you. Mm. So then before you know it, bouncers are coming over the guy. They're like, hey, excuse me, sir. Uh, we were getting complaints about you. Can you step outside real quick and talk to us? Mm-hmm. And he has no idea what's going on. He's like, Oh, oh, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> maybe I was acting too drunk, whatever. And then I grabbed the girls and we sneak out the back. Wow. And we walked away with like... 10 Gs. Yeah, over 10 grand because he, he kept Apple paying <laughs> at the club too. <laughs> wow, what a story. So the whole business model is find rich, successful guys that are socially awkward, don't know how to get girls, connect them with hot, young, attractive girls. It doesn't necessarily have to be the socially awkward guys. I've, I've had some very wealthy gentlemen who... We're in shape, good looking, 
uh, even charismatic, mm -hmm. but they didn't want to take the time and energy to talk to women themselves. Right. And they're like, hey, you're saving them time. Here's here's money. Solve my problem for right. me. Smart. Because they value their time a lot at that stage. Yes, absolutely. Because they're making so much money. Yeah, that's smart. Wow. And you do this in uh, California mainly? Yeah, mainly out of Orange County. Okay. Uh, there's a huge market for it in LA. I, I know one of the top promoters in LA and his clients are probably some of the richest people in California. But the thing with the LA crowd, uh, they seem to be a little cheaper. Mm. It, it's an interesting dynamic. I think it's because the atmosphere in LA, there's so many celebrities, rich, famous people out there. Yeah. All of the women are who are in LA, they're there to chase fame. For uh, sure. And try to become relevant. Yeah. So they're willing to show up to all these events and parties for free, basically. Mm. Whereas the Orange County crowd, they're nobodies. Yeah. Like the traffic cone guy, the concrete billionaire. Uh, they're nobodies. They don't have Instagram, social media. No one knows who they are. They just have a lot of money. Interesting. So they're willing to pay a lot more to facilitate fun. Mm. And how did you get girl good with girls? Because you were in the military for 10 years. There's no girls in the military, right? So I was naturally gifted with being good with women since I was a teenager. So very easy for me. I mean, all my weekends, I'd go out, pick up girls at the bar, et cetera. Got it, got it. You know, Instagram DMs, Tinder. So that came easy for me. Damn. So you never struggled at all? No. <laughs> wow. Must be nice. I definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all right. Mo most people do. Yeah. Uh, and it really comes down to curating yourself as an individual. So I, I get ask questions all the time like hey how can i be more attractive to women mm -hmm. how can i obtain more women especially those high quality high value gorgeous 10 out of 10 women yeah and i always tell guys it starts with yourself like if you as an individual are unimpressive and have nothing to show mm -hmm. um no one's going to pay attention to you right like, sure you might get a bottom of the barrel woman who's not very attractive who will cheat on you um but most men, they, we don't want that. Right. right? We, we want somebody who's gorgeous, who we walk down the streets with and people are stopping and staring at her. Uh, a woman who is able to respect you in a relationship. Mm. And you're not going to find that unless you're somebody worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And that's going to come to building yourself as, as, as a man. Yeah. And that comes to your physical abilities, your knowledge of the world, your ability to understand people. And that is a large scale of factors that come into forming yourself mm. as an individual. And yeah. it's constant work. You're, yeah. you're never going to be done. Are you keeping your dating life and the business side private? Like, are you dating any of the girls you're working with? I definitely like to keep that private. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have uh, one woman who uh, is extremely loyal to me in every way, shape, or form. Uh, working in this industry, though, she understands that it's a little bit of a different dynamic yeah. for me, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not one of those guys who wants to have multiple like relationships. So you're not into open relationships? For for me, no, I, I'm not into open relationships. Um, I, I feel like uh, I, I've seen some, you know, red pill commentators talk about how <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's great being a man because you can have multiple relationships as long as those women don't have relationships themselves, which, right. yeah, I could kind of see their points. I get it in a way. Uh, as for me, though, no, I don't need multiple relationships. Like, yeah. I'll have my fun with other women, but just one girl for me. I feel that. Um, the red pill movement in general, like, how do you feel about that? I know you got invited on Fresh and Fit. What do you think of that whole movement? 
uh, well, I don't like to associate myself with the red pill movement, mm -hmm. even though a lot of people may assume so just because of um, what's put out online from my accounts. Yeah. Uh, the red pill movement to me, like, yes, it has some good points. I think it does open up uh, how men are disenfranchised in today's society. Mm -hmm. But from what I've seen from what red pill commentators is they take it a little bit too far to the point where it becomes, uh, in a way, like negative towards yeah. women and it can hurt women in that aspect. Right. So there are some good things that come out of it, but also bad things. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I think people, they take it too far to get more views, but it's it's a little too much sometimes. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about your nonprofit you started. That's something I'm getting into next year. I'm excited about um, doing some charity work. Uh, tell me about yours. Yeah, so my nonprofit is uh, Veterans for Humanity. And I, I started this, obviously, I'm a veteran, um, a Marine, Marine veteran. And through all the negativity that I saw in the military with mental health problems, I, I've had multiple friends themselves. Damn. Didn't have any friends who died in combat, but I've had multiple friends themselves. And that's the biggest issue that we're dealing with in the military today is depression. Mm. Almost every single guy that I know who's still active, including a lot of veterans, extremely depressed. Wow. And borderline I'm constantly talking to friends that I served with, uh, both veterans and active duty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I needed to take a bigger step. And that's where I started this nonprofit and hoping to grow it into a large scale organization that can make a difference. Uh, just not, not on a small scale like I've been doing, but mm. in a large scale. Amazing, man. I got a friend, Glenn Devitt. I'm going to introduce you guys. He's on a similar mission as you. Um, hundreds of in the military of his friends and uh, people he knew. So I'm going to connect you guys. Hopefully you guys can save a lot of lives together. That would be great, man. Yeah. Um, so when you left the military, were you in that state of mind as well? Super depressed? Yeah. So this actually stems back to my second divorce, uh, still being active duty. And uh, the things that you experience in the outside world, like as a civilian, are amplified by a mm -hmm. hundred inside the military. So everything that I had to deal with in my divorce, the military would punish me 10 times over again. Mm. Um, limit, limiting your pay, even though you're paying child support, uh, limiting your ability to um, just simply travel about. Mm -hmm. uh, it's extremely toxic. And that put me into a great, like deep state of depression that I eventually had to pull myself out of if I wanted to become successful and move on. Right. So I got to experience that myself and some of my friends, um, you know, the guys who themselves, they, they, they didn't get the opportunity to have that realization. Right. And that's where I'm trying to step in is to be able to give these guys who are experiencing the hardship that comes from the military uh, and give them another chance to be able to grow and come out of that. Mm. And you've saved over a hundred lives so far, right? Uh, I, I'd have to count, but maybe like over 150 at this point. Wow. And that's people actually texting you. Like you saved my life. Uh, not necessarily texting me, you saved my life, but you can tell, right? Like I have been around enough guys who were depressed, borderline <laughs> guys who have stuck the gun in their mouths and not pulled the trigger. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily me talking them off the bridge, but it's that constant coaching and saying, hey, I'm there for you. Call mm -hmm. me. That is what saves lives. Dude, that's incredible.
And are you still talking to um, those two ex-wives you mentioned earlier? No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't believe in uh, some people are friends with their ex? Like, oh yeah, what do you I, think of that? I would have no problem being civil and respectable to these ex-wives of mine, but uh, they they're not able to return the same. So mm. I have to keep a great divide between myself and them just wow. to avoid the toxicity. Damn. Uh, if they're better people, then absolutely, I'd love to be friends with them, be cordial. Mm-hmm. But you know, I have to keep those barriers. Interesting. It gets tricky with kids, I think. Yeah, it does, especially with kids. That that is the worst one. Um, for some reason, a lot of women want to have the kids all to themselves, yeah. uh, which is the case in my circumstances. But you know, it is what it is. I think it's still an opportunity for me to be able to grow more as an individual since I don't have that time with my children. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it is a positive thing, Absolutely. even though some people may think not seeing your kids often is one of the worst things in the world, mm-hmm. I'm able to find the silver lining. That's cool. Yeah, that would destroy a lot of guys for sure if they couldn't see their kids. 100%. It still affects me every single day. Wow. I lie awake at night realizing I don't get to see my children, but then I think about the greater picture and how I'm building an empire for them to inherit one day. Wow. So you're going to give your kids everything even though you barely see them? I'm not just going to give them everything. I'm going to teach them and be able to hand them over what I'm able to achieve in my young life now when they're mm-hmm. adults and they're going to be just as competent and capable and be able to grow it into something even greater. Wow. That's cool, man. sounds like you have a good sense of purpose in your life. I think people struggle to find that, especially after they retire from the military. Oh, 100%. Uh, veterans all the time. They have, it's so sad that that's why is so high because when you are serving, like it's easy to see, that you're serving a greater picture. You know, mm. you're wearing the uniform, you're thanked for your service by everyone around you. But then once you leave and get out, people are like, what do I do with my life? Right. Yeah, they need to, uh, do you think they should develop more programs for people that get out and mental health stuff around it? Uh, I would say the private industry needs to develop more programs. There's endless government funded programs, mm. but I don't really see those working out so well. Yeah, like um, therapy and stuff. Yeah, I mean, anything the government touches seems to turn to ash. (laughs) (laughs) If the private industry can step up, like what I'm trying to do with myself to help veterans, I think that's the best route to go. Yeah, Um, yeah. If there's like a hundred guys like you, I mean, that can really leave an impact. I think. Oh, one hundred percent. Way better than any government agency could do. Yeah, because they just hand you money or send you to like a psychologist. I think they're called or whatever. Psychiatrist. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Uh, I mean you've heard the issues with the VA. Uh, It seemed like uh, Trump tried to make that issue better, but it never fully got resolved. Um, Yeah, that's a great example right there of how the government lets down our veterans. Yeah, it's a shame, man. I I remember donating to WWF, I think, and I was like, wow, this probably didn't even go to the veterans. Right. Yeah, I always have an issue with... The big charities. Yeah, the big charities. You just never know where their money's going. Most of the time, like, that money's going to the paychecks yeah. of the CEOs. Yeah, I saw, like, Red Cross. They kept, like, 92% on one of them. I was like, what yeah, the so- hell? something crazy. It's they, they call them nonprofits, but they're very profitable <laughs> businesses <laughs> for yeah. a lot of these major ones. And they're saving on both sides because the tax side, too. Oh, of course. It's yeah. just all about money at the end of the day. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But, dude, it's been a great episode. Anything you want to close off with or promote? Um, no, man. I appreciate you having me on your show and taking the time. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Great meeting you. Thanks for watching, guys. As always, I'll see you tomorrow.